What's up, Internet, and welcome to Right in the Fields, your favorite nostalgia podcast, where we talk about stuff that people used to care about and you only still care about if you're getting old. You find that one gray hair in the mirror, and you pull it out, and you think, now everything's fine. Now I'm still young, and the next day there are three more, and your back hurts. Uh, so welcome, and today we're going to hit you right in the fields with The Haunting of Hill House. I am your host, as always, Terry Smith, and with me is Chelsea Redacted. How you doing, Chelsea? Uh, I'm doing okay. I did you. <laughs> Uh, so we can get some clarification so people don't have that wandering eye in their head. Where are you itchy, Chelsea? <laughs> on my face. <laughs> on your face. That's a good thing to to maybe throw Allergy. out there. Allergies. Your face blew up like Hitch, okay? Yeah, yeah, it sure did. I look like Quasimodo. Uh, you look like Quasimodo only if you had that hump removed like Daniel Radcliffe did in that uh, newer version with James McAvoy. Yeah, less good version. Well, I think you definitely look better than Daniel Radcliffe as Quasimodo. But. Okay, just wanted that to be just wanted that to be noted for the visual. <laughs> uh, today we're going to be talking about the Haunting of Hill House to kick off our spooky month. All of our podcasts this month are going to be spooky, whether in tone, uh, coverage, theme. Maybe we'll just throw in some spooky noises. You know, just a ghost going, "I'm a ghost." You know, stuff like that. The real spookiness. Uh, I wish I had a VFX board that I could just hit spooky sounds. I could bring up uh, um, like some sort of uh, soundboard, but I don't think we should. <laughs> I mean, I w- it would just be the whole podcast would be that. I would have no control. I fully acknowledge this myself. I Yeah, I think like the, keeping us on target, on task, is already such a difficult thing. Uh, we don't have Yoda in the back of our mind, or not Yoda, but uh, Obi-Wan telling us to stay on target and hit that, that you know, the end of the tunnel run. We don't have that right now, so... Disengaged! <laughs> oh, I also can't curve laser bullets either, like he does, and it just, like, pops okay, up Angelina and Jolie. Uh, yeah, or James McAvoy, full circle, we hit or it. Or James McAvoy, yep. So, real quick, let's talk about what The Haunting of Hill House is, based on a book, uh, an old-ass book. Uh, let's see. Yes. Uh, 59. It, 59. That's, I mean, that's actually younger than I thought it was gonna be, but it's definitely still an old-ass book. I didn't read it till way later on in life. Um, but my touchstone is really fun. I know The Haunting of Hill House because of the 1999 movie. Um, okay. starring Owen Wilson and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Okay, I Fan love favorite. Catherine Zeta-Jones, and also I love Owen Wilson, so... <laughs> Alright, can we, can we talk about Entrapment real quick, even though I said we were going to stay on target? Entrapment yeah. just blew my mind as a kid. So many twists, I mean, so many lasers, Sean it, Connery with a ponytail. It's definitely, um... <laughs> it's a feast for the eyes, is really what I think. <laughs> is the best way that i can describe it like even if you watched it no sound just just watch it it's amazing i never understood uh yoga pants uh, i just i didn't get the appeal and then someone explained to me it's like Catherine zeta jones and entrapment i was like bam i get it i understand okay i'm on board now i'm on it uh she was living her best life in the 90s was she not you know 
uh, her and Salma Hayek, I feel like you just can't reach those heights as though they were doing in like 1999. I mean, it's it's the pinnacle of pretty much everything. Yeah, Dude, everything <laughs> went bad. You know, everything changed after that. Everything was bad after that. Yeah, it's all downhill it's from there. But did you ever see the 99 movie? Yes. Okay. Not, I haven't. So I'm not as big a horror buff as you are. So I've probably only seen it once or twice. Um, but Liam Neeson's in it too. Liam but. Neeson is in it with Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson is like the dumb guy in the experiment. Yeah. That's like, oh, I don't yes. know what's going on. I'm gonna make jokes, and then like he gets eaten by a wall or some shit. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> I, why do I hear Jurassic Park going on? Sorry, my phone. I forgot to turn on silent. Okay. I was like, oh shit, is this a new segment? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We just bring up random dinosaur facts in the middle. Listen, we gotta have my son on if we're gonna bring up random uh, dinosaur facts because he knows all of it. He explained to me what a stegomaloc was yesterday, and you know I'm just always learning things. I don't remember, okay, but he told me. Well, this is a failed segment as our first time using the Jurassic Park sound, so <laughs> we'll come back around. Don't you worry. But yeah, uh, that movie version is not great. It's kind of panned by fans. I didn't think it was great back then either, and I remember my parents being kind of disappointed by it, which is kind mm-hmm. of strange because they love crappy movies. I don't think it's ironic. I think they just had bad taste. Um, but <laughs> they they didn't like that one. The original version, though, when was the original uh, film adaptation? In it. Let's see, yeah. 1963, so only a few years after the book came after out. Book, yeah. um, I only saw that one uh, once in a film class, and I fell asleep. So I don't actually remember if it was spooky. I know it is pretty spot on to the book, though. I know they followed it pretty, uh, pretty closely, and people do like that version. Now, I do yeah. want to know, I love that Wikipedia has a little disambiguation at top, because I've gotten confused, too. It is not to be confused with House on Haunted Hill, which there's been even more adaptations of. Um, The Haunting of Hell House, which is a later book in the same series, I believe, or The Legend of Hell House. Those are all Uh, different books. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're all definitely different. I think that it's interesting when I was doing some research for it is that I didn't know that the '99 version started out with talks between Spielberg and Stephen King. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Like that could have been a great film. It sounds like there was like a moment where that was going to be dope as shit. I think about having watched it only a few times, and I think about and I'm like. That is not. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what we got. Disconnect. Something's wrong. And, and you know, and people look at all that like the star-studded cast now, but in 1999, Catherine Zeta-Jones was the biggest name. Like Liam Neeson had done stuff, but he wasn't this gigantic star like he is now. Same thing with Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson is like you know it, it's everywhere, but at the time he was a rising star. You know, yeah. so that was not wow. like this gigantic <laughs> cast of like A-listers. It was like okay, I know some of these people. Arguably, yeah, yeah. I think the scary movie too, like that 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 runs the same plot line, like it runs parallel. I think that yeah. one honestly was better. <laughs> I mean, listen, it is what it is. You know, it's chintzy, it's very nineties, but we love it anyway. Yeah, the one thing that sticks with me, and I think uh, they did the effect better in the Creepers, starring Michael J. Fox. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Yes. Yeah, I love that movie. Um, one I of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, Michael J. Fox, period, right? <laughs> but I, I do love that movie. Um, They do that better effect with, like, the ghost kind of coming out of inanimate, like, like solid objects where, like, it kind of pushes, like, the boundaries mm-hmm. of it, like they did with the ghost in the wall. That was the one thing I thought was neat about the 99 version, and I was kind of disappointed that they didn't do a version of in uh, The Haunting of Hill House. 
Yeah, that they didn't, like, keep the homage, almost. Yeah, because, like, that's the one cool thing from that movie. <laughs> then I think <laughs> Owen Wilson has a baseball bat at one point. I'm having, like, weird, like, flashbacks to this film. <laughs> it's hard because, like I said, when you watch it, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. That it's, to to follow the point of it is not, that's not what you're here for. That's not what you're, that's not what you're about when you're looking at this. No, and even though Liam Neeson, uh, spoilers, does not survive that movie, I think we need to bring it back. Some sort of thing brings him back and he needs to get revenge on the ghost, which is the thing that we love seeing Liam Neeson get back most, is revenge. Uh, so Luke, which is Owen Wilson's character, mm -hmm. I believe, is decapitated by a large chimney flue. <laughs> so... I remember him standing in front of Chimney. I do not remember him being eaten by it, but okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there you go. So, <laughs> so uh, there you go. Um, so like I said, <laughs> we are going to get into more spooky things for the month. I, I got uh, We have a whole list of stuff planned. We'll probably take a break somewhere in there to talk about uh, the Sopranos movie, which we're both excited for, which we found out October 1st. Okay. It comes out Monday. Oh, uh, no, so yes. Friday, first Friday. Right. Comes out Friday. I have a wedding this weekend, but Ooh. I plan on watching it. Yeah. I actually rewatched the first episode of those Sopranos because I, like, am getting so hype about it. It's a good, it's a good episode. I mean, you got yeah, the, ducks. the whole show. Yeah, well, exactly. Kyle has never seen it, so I was like, we could watch it together. So it's only 13 episode seasons, you know? I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was trying to explain who Kyle was in relation, because I uh -huh. was telling a story about Kyle, and I called him your love interest, and someone, they yeah. looked me dead in the eyes, and they're like, you know that you're not in a movie, right? Like, this isn't a plot of a book. It's not her love interest. <laughs> it is I her mean, partner. I mean, you could call him that. Maybe I'll start calling him that instead of calling him my partner. <laughs> I'm going to tell my wife, like, she's my love interest in the story. <laughs> Exactly. Like, you know, if you were to look at it only from a thematic, can we make this into some sort of consumable media form? Right. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> we both know, though, that neither one of us would ever be the main character. We are the joking side character friends of the protagonist. There's no That's way that anyone would cast us as leads. That's a safer role to be. It's honestly. definitely a safer role, and I and I think uh, people would enjoy us. We'd be the we'd be like the funny standouts in the movie. It's like it was okay. Those two side characters were funny. Too much of them though. Too much. We could cut out 30, 35 minutes. Is, I'm better with being the side character that way because that means I don't because I don't think that I need to have a bunch of growth. I don't need to change. And I don't think <laughs> you do either. And so <laughs> if we're the side characters, we don't have to change. We just continue to be the same. When you're already perfect, Terry, you don't need an arc. Nowhere to go, right? There's nowhere to go yeah, but down, and we need to just down. keep the same trajectory. <laughs> uh, so let's jump into The Haunting of Hill House, the TV series, 2018. Mike Flanagan. Uh, Mike Flanagan, uh, slowly becoming one of my favorite creators in the business. Uh, I just okay. finished Midnight Mass, and it was phenomenal. I loved Haunting of Bly yeah. Manor. And Haunting of Hill House was amazing, and I just don't understand how... They're so different. None of the, it's not like they're treading the same ground other than I guess like you know the the shot style, like the way that it's actually shot is very yeah. similar and the the I guess the I a signature he would have is like the lingering monologues from characters. Yeah, I guess 
I mean, so I haven't seen Midnight Mass. I've only seen um, Hill House and part of Blind Manor. I just never finished it, which I'm sorry. Everyone. I gotta get into it, man. It's so good. Raul Cole, and solid. Horror is, I know, horror is more Kyle's thing, so it's like, I watch it, I enjoy it, but it's not like, if I was gonna pick something. If you were gonna pick one genre for the Desert Island, it wouldn't be horror. No. Yeah, correct. Like, I'm already scared enough of them on a desert island. <laughs> See, that was the thing about the series, though. I would argue that it's more of a character drama that happens in, uh, like, a horror setting. All three of them. Be and that's why I think they're so good and why they're so touching. It's the same reason why, like, a lot of good character dramas are housed in, like, a murder mystery. Or um, some of my favorite fantasy stories aren't just fantasy. It's not all Lord of the Rings. It's not just Give the Ring to Mordor. It's like, here is an interesting group of characters. Like, like Game of Thrones is a political slash character drama, right? That happens to have yeah. dragons and zombies. No, I agree. I mean, I think there is something to be said for that. It's just not It's just not my favorite. It's, I mean, right, right. And that's and it probably well, bodes why, like, you liked Haunted, uh, Haunting of Hill House. And you're not like, Terry, let's do one on Scream 4, right? <laughs> You still there, dude? Chels? Hello. Sorry. Hello? You still there? cut out for a second. Okay, we're all good. Yeah, cut um, out for just a second. Sorry. Where, where did I leave off Everyone at? Um, you just said that's probably why I prefer the... Yeah, the, like that's why you're not there. like, hey, let, let's like do Scream 4 or something. <laughs> right. It's just, eh, it's okay. Like, <laughs> I am... I am. I will say though, I am excited about the new Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween movie. Have you seen the the first one? This is a sequel, technically. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The newest one that had her in it, but is still many sessions along. Exactly. Yeah. I I love I love the reboot, and I'm super excited for the sequel to the reboot. I guess not reboot, but the the long sequel that discounts all the other crappy sequels, which is really interesting. Um, yeah. I, I loved it. Jamie Lee Curtis is, as always, phenomenal. I don't think I've ever Amazing. seen something in her, and I was like, oh, she's the problem. I've seen her yeah, in bad shit, commercial. but she is always awesome. It's like Listen, Sigourney Weaver. She's the problem. <laughs> she's the drama. Um, <laughs> right. So, anyways, back to Haunting of Hill House. Uh, I, I was going to say star-studded cast, but you get some really weird, uh, also, like, 90s pulls um yeah, i think that it's interesting because he keeps uh michael flanagan keeps several of the same actors doesn't he in, yeah 100 percent. Uh, like into bly yeah. manor and then uh only yeah. a few return for midnight mass but still um so i would argue some of the best ones return for midnight mass um okay. but like uh they brought back timothy hutton which i haven't seen him in anything since like beautiful girls in like 2000 <laughs> with like really right. really young natalie portman um <laughs> Like that was cr like I saw him and I was like, is that is that the dude from Beautiful Girls? Like I haven't seen him in anything. Um, like was, and then Carla uh, Carla Gugino is that how you pronounce her last name? Oh God, I don't know. But anyways, she's awesome. Uh, and yeah. she was she was just in uh, Gerald's Game, so on her like little horror bent right there. Um, she was in Spy Kids. Yes, yeah, she was one of the main that's, characters in that's Spy what Kids. I remember her from was Spy Kids. But she's been in a ton of shit. Uh, she's one of like oh, Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt's muses. Like every time he comes out with a new movie, she's in it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, she was in Sin City and a million other things. She was awesome in it and way too creepy. Like she was the creepy vibe. Like I was always a little on edge when she was in the scene, even went before her creepiness even before like the other versions of her character because she plays multiple um right. she just she has a gravitas to her that kind of freaked me out 
I think it's just done really well. I think that also, like, the composer, I think that the music, and it's such a big part for me personally when I watch any kind of media, yeah. the music is so good, like, so creepy, but, like, calm when it needs to be, that what? I was like... Yeah, like, I, I with the music, it's so subtle, but not into the background like a lot of right, subtle exactly. scores are like i didn't forget it was there i heard it when i wanted to hear it and i think that's probably a testament to the composer but also to flanagan where it's like no we use the music on purpose it doesn't just yeah. fade into the background we want you to hear this note when you see this ghost and i feel like that is something that horror does that's one of my like if i you know i just had said that horror is not my favorite but one of the reasons that i really enjoy it is that i feel horror uses music much better ever since you know like the 60s even when they first started to to make it more of a craft and less of like a slasher mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. uh i don't even know the word the blob <laughs> just keeps coming to <laughs> mind <laughs> listen like some of those b movies have have a point to them i've been doing some like midnight showings of stuff and uh we just did uh the blob and like you know the thing that came in the night shit like that like yeah. there's some there's some fun to those but you're right like the, the score on those is just like what if we did trumpets right now exactly like so it's just but the more subtle creeping fear mm -hmm. that started to come in as the genre sort of progressed yeah i would I, I would credit like there's a lot of things but i'd credit something like like night of the living dead you know uh, yeah exactly yeah something more along those lines definitely yeah and that uh mentioning the subtle music i think everything in this is so subtle even the performances I, that's why i dug it it was such a slow burn it wasn't like immediately hitting you over the head with here's the creepy thing everything's creepy you know so go ahead i was just gonna say when i saw it honestly to connect it to the 90s movie i did <laughs> not make the connection for like the first several episodes well it's a different though... plot right like it just happens to have right, the same I setting mean, like, the characters they have the same, like, some of the characters have the same name. You know what I mean? Oh, just, okay, yeah, yeah, like the, the people who work at the house, right? Yes. So I was like, this is not, you know, this is so new and fresh. And then I was like, wait, I have seen, not this, but, like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I didn't pick up on that it was even related at all. I, just, you know, like, check out The Haunting of Hill House. And then I started watching. I was like, oh, this is completely different. And then, like, after the fact, I was like, oh, well, it's still supposed to be the same manner. And those people have the same names. And there's a few ghosts that are referenced that are the same from the book. Right. But I, I liked it because it was like, hey, let's more use this as a tonal um like jumping off point there's no study there's no experiment let's just use this to tell our own story and that's that's what i those are the th that's the thing i like about reboots I, I like the campiness it's like a good cover right like they do their own thing with it but i like this more because it, it's serving more the tone and the theme of the original and using it to jump off into something new and hitting this whole new character, like this new family, and kind of each episode serving as like your origin into their background and why they're haunted. And, you know, the duality of actually being haunted, like what's creeping on them, but then also their personal ghost, that their skeletons in their closet. I thought that was such yeah. a good way to, to make a formula for a horror series, which I've never really dug many horror series that were just purely horror. Like, I guess, like, Stranger Things really has that 80s kids adventure to it as well. Right, so so for you, it was a is a jumping off point? Almost? Yeah, kind of. It, it got me back into a lot of horror stuff, where I was mostly movies and anthology <laughs> series. Like, I love, you know, Twilight Zone and stuff like that. So this really right. got me into trying to hunt down new things. After I watched Haunting, I jumped into Hereditary and fell down oh, the, the hole of the folk horror movies. So, like, uh, yeah. uh, Midsommar and stuff like that. 
candy the original not not candy man i'm sorry um uh what's the one with the nicholas cage reboot with the bees what nicholas cage with the bees you don't know the scene no. he's yelling the bees wicker man the original oh, Wicker yes, Man. Never mind, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, like, it just... <laughs> okay, I'll admit, that <laughs> sentence sounded like I was having a fever dream. You know, <laughs> the like, one, Nicolas Cage, the bees. <laughs> just, I was like, B-list movie, physical B, where are we at? It could uh, be anything. Our buddy Dave, who sometimes guests on this show, refers to me as Drunk Orson Welles very often. You know, the the one where he's drinking champagne, he's like, ah, the French. <laughs> really That's good commercial if you look it up. It is. Orson Welles is amazing, but... No, he doesn't compare me to Orson Welles. He compares me to drunk Orson Welles. (laughs) Even then, though, it's still the man's name. (laughs) Uh, Uh, But anyways, yeah, so some of the other people in the cast, uh, who else do we have? Uh, Kate Siegel, which I believe is married to uh, Mike Flanagan, but it might just be some other relation there. But she's phenomenal in all three series, Bly Manor, Haunted of Hill House, and Midnight Mass. Um, she's definitely married to him okay definitely okay so like, a little bit of nepotism there but she's talented so i see why he does it um right. it's not like oh god her again <laughs> i'm like oh shit she's awesome the sister in the series i can't remember her name she was on you as well i didn't watch you it just freaked me out i don't i don't know if i could recommend it it's not not a high up there series i watch it like i watch lifetime movies or i'm like this is bad okay bad serial killer drama but it's kind of fun like i guess if i was gonna say like a uh like a guilty guilty treat type thing like i i I do watch that one victoria padretti that's her name she plays the younger sister and spoilers you know the the um crooked crooked lady yes and so let's jump into like the scary stuff i I think the big selling point originally, which got people on, was the viral marketing of the pictures with the ghosts hidden in the background, right? We talked about how subtle the ghosts are at first, yeah, but you don't even yep, see I them. Um, and once you do start see, like, it's done to great effect because you go, oh, did I see something in the corner there? And if you don't pause it, you just go, maybe there was something there. And then as they get more overt, as the story progresses and the ghosts get scarier and angrier um you start to see those things and it reminds you that you did see them earlier and there's something so creepy about a retroactive scare yeah like you they were been there the whole time you know yeah. like always have been or whatever like it's something it about is so that. terrifying and especially like, they do it in like several different layers so there's the obvious of what you can see in the background mm-hmm. but they mention things they're like, oh, yeah, you know, the guy who was working on the clock. And then someone will go, there's no one working on the clock. You know, the, there hasn't been a clock here in right. 20 years, shit. But it's oh, just good enough because you're like, fuck. Like, I've seen him 25 times. I didn't realize he was a ghost until they're like, yeah, wh- that's one of the ghosts. It's so terrifying. Have you gone back and do the pause and to look at, like, the different frames and find well, all the ghosts you missed? Oh, no. So when we when we were watching it originally... um. Kyle and Kevin had already heard a lot about what was going on with it. Like, we didn't watch it right away. And so we were doing it sort of as it was going, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, so you, like, so you pause it and be like, was there something there in the corner? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just the light flicking also, like, the non-existent rooms and the windows lining up, like, the light, like, 
when when she's like, oh, I'll flick the lights twice. Like, the, just the callbacks within this, you know what I mean? Like, within the, the anthology. Yeah, you know what You know what it really reminded me of? Especially how they, like, they jump back and forth between the different character perspectives and different timelines. Is it reminded me of Arrested Development, but in a spooky sense? Like, how all the character stories line yeah. up. Like, it was so Arrested Development and so well thought out. Um, that again, I was getting those retroactive scares, but also just like feeling so invested. Like I, if I was following someone's storyline that say I wasn't super into at the moment, I'm like, okay, this is good, but it's not, I want to go see this character when it gets the character I want. And you see where they overlapped and intertwined and the callbacks to each other, like the red room. Like I caught on really early on that those rooms didn't exist, but I didn't understand why. And when you slowly get there, that the house was like, like grooming them. Basically it was so terrifying. I think that, like, part of it is knowing that there was something going on but not understanding what it was going to be was also part of it. Because part of the reason that I don't like horror movies is because a lot of times they feel really formulaic and, like, it's easy for you to spot, like, what's coming or what's going to happen or the twist that is not a twist. So it's just how well is it, like, shot and scored. Um, But this, when I watched it, I was like... There's something going on, but I don't know what... I can't figure out what it is. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so even though I know that it has something to do with this, I am still invested because I'm I'm not bored because I'm like, oh, okay, so this is what happens. I was like, what are they going to do with it more so? Yeah, and 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 to, to piggyback off that, like they don't they don't do the jump scares a lot, right? What they do is they show you this is the thing that's going to be scary and we and you don't know how far we're going to go with it right now. And then they, as the series goes on, they give you more and more. Like the first time you see the bowler hat ghost, it's like you just see his feet. And then later you see his cane. And then you see the hat. And then you slowly see more and more of him. And you see more and more ghosts in the background. They don't they don't try to hide the fact that there's ghosts. They just go, we're only going to show you a little bit right now. And then we're going to show you more and more as you go. It, like it's obvious. You know there's going to be a ghost there. But how terrifying are we going to get right now? Yeah, exactly. It's like, what is the scale? What is the level? Yeah. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, how, how bad are we going to get right now? Right, like, do I need to get really prepared? Or is it just, like, a small little, ah, okay, never mind. <laughs> and, um, well, I think he's, like, the weakest at, at first. I think he grows into a better character. The the brother who is writing the books about it. Um, the, you know, the the quintessential non-believer. Um, um, what's as Yep, yeah, but Steve Crane, yep. Um, I, Michael Huseman, uh, I think, I think he was on Game of Thrones, right? For a little while. That I don't know. Oh, do you watch Game of Thrones? I think he played, uh, Danny's boyfriend later on. I do watch Game of Thrones, first of all. I think he replaced the other actor. Okay, watch this. I do watch it. (laughs) Don't come at her. She watches Game of Thrones. Don't at, don't at Chelsea Redacted. Um, <laughs> um, but I thought he, like, he grew on me as the series went and the sister who ran the mortuary, I thought she had a great, uh, growth story in the background where you saw like why she runs a mortuary and like why she's kind of detached from the rest of the family. She was played by Elizabeth Ann Reeser and, um, showing her background into being a non-believer and how she slowly comes around i thought really worked well in parallel with the ghosts creeping up um so as she became more and more okay with the fact that they grew up in a haunted house um so did the ghosts become okay with like showing up in her story i thought that was really uh really poignant um 
plus like i think her origin story was my favorite it was the one least filled with uh predictable drama that like correlated it was like okay so her marriage is weird and she's a mortician what where are they going with this like that was the one that had me enthralled it was like i gotta see this where is this going i definitely think she was supposed to be like the like a main draw um for a lot of people like i mean the the older brother you know obviously you're supposed to be like asshole because he writes all this stuff and makes all this money off of their basically yeah their torment yeah like things that they would probably have liked to remain private and then you know the drug addicted brother and so it's just i think that she is supposed to be like the main draw for most people right okay her, her and maybe the younger sister i think too oh yeah true um but i i, I think i i i think the whole cast is, was great uh the one that was weird to me was again timothy hutton just because his character was supposed to be wackadoo the whole time and even the younger version of him was good but i didn't see the parallels in the character because he had changed so much so it just seemed like they were two completely different characters and it's the trope that i hate where it's like he's talking to somebody that's not really there and it's not a supernatural reason he's just crazy and every every piece of media does that. They even did it in a Batman game recently to better effect. I, I just it gets annoying. It just they want the character who has no one to talk to to be able to talk to somebody. Um, it's like why they introduce sidekicks in comic books. Listen, sidekicks offensive language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so like that that part bothered me a little bit, and and it muddies the waters a little bit. Where it's like, is this supernatural? Is it not? When it's everything else is so clearly supernatural um but i guess it gave us more carla gugino so there's that like more to more to play off of um what's uh what are some of your favorite parts of the series um i really like i enjoy most more so when they're children like the flashback scene definitely i Um, completely agree there i think that seeing it like without the bitterness and like not acceptance of like what's happened to them i mean eventually yes they come full circle but when they're kids right they're like what the fuck is going going on as opposed to like oh it didn't happen that way like i don't remember it that way and and like i think it's easier too because all the kids are filled with joy and you see the joy being sucked out of them which is depressing but it's a good story whereas they're all so mean and bitter like you get like uh um kate siegel's story where it's like she has this really cute girl who's really into her and really nice and she's just so mean to her like the entire time like being a fuck girl yeah exactly and also she's wearing those dope ass rogue gloves like what's up with the gloves you know and you find out but well, every yeah, time I watch them, I'm like, this is so 90s. Like, how many girls do you see wearing two pieces and gloves to every dance? I mean, to every to everything all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Can't leave home without it, without my glove. But, uh, but yeah, I, so I love the kids, too. And the twist with the neighbor girl, I thought, was... That hit me too hard. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Too like, hard. I mean, I kind of expected it. I was like, oh, the twist is going to be that she's not a ghost. Okay, that's awesome. And then right. they make her drink poison and uh that was one of the moments where i had to walk away like a lot of the deaths and stuff are just horror based that one was just too yeah. visceral like i had to take a break i came back the next day and finished the episode <laughs> you were like mm, okay i've had enough today and... and violence against children is normally like the triggering thing for me like being a dad i'm like oh i can't handle this right, right now like, i gotta go and hug my kids you know <laughs> like right. i'll finish this later but that one was just so so in real time and you know what's gonna happen because she chugs it immediately i'm like oh my god this is this is how it happens but i i also liked how she tied in with the dudleys and why they don't leave i thought that was really smart 
Yeah, I mean, the Dudleys in general, I honestly enjoyed. Um, I liked that they were a callback to the 99 movie, like, once again, but... The, more like, like, not the 99 movie, but really, like, the original story. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But they, um, like, something about it them is also, like, creepy. Like, Yeah, they're, they're weird. Yeah, like, they're a weird family. Like, but, 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 like, in a way... That's like, are they going to kill all these people and eat them? You know what I mean? Like, I start to show up and I'm like, are they the baddies? Like, are they the ones that are going to, you know, sort of Scooby-Doo, like, are they the people running this or, like, worshipping whatever this is? And so I enjoyed, I mean, ultimately ends up not being really anything like that, but, like, I enjoyed the level of, like, austere creepity. Yeah, and I think they did a really good job of show. Like the twist is, no, they're actually are there to help the family and to protect them, and they're there, you right. know, so they don't but miss you their daughter. Think, but like you think that like they're gonna be this fucking like, and they do such a good job of going. No, they're just like creepy old timey Christians, like that live in the yeah. woods. That's why they're weird. Um, and I thought that was such a good. It was a good twist, but also gives a reason why it's like, okay, why are you so off-putting? Because we all know people like that, right? Like you open your door right. and it's the girl you see at church only, and she's like, "Hey, I just wanted you to know that you're going to hell, and I'll pray for you." And I'm like, "Oh, exactly. thanks. Uh, I'll just I'll take my sandwich now, you know." Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I I think they were great and. As for the ghosts, I I liked all of them. Like, none of them were, were boring or anything. But the fact that only some of the ghosts came back and, in like, uh, like an actual scary portion of it, I, I think that some of them were underutilized, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you had the one that's in the floorboards, the one that hangs out in the kitchen. Like, those are ones that you saw multiple times in the bowler hat guy. But there's a few that I feel like were too subtle. Like, there's the obvious, like, there's the clock guy. That's just meant to be like, oh, he was never actually there. Okay, that's creepy. Right. But there were some that were like, those are creepy designs. Why did we see them more? I, I, I agree, yeah. Like, but I, so when you said that, when you say the clock guy, I obviously think of the dumbwaiter. <laughs> <laughs> that is the fucking, and it's just so still like i just had to like take a minute and just think about how well you're a little claustrophobic right so yeah so it's like just so you're like oh my god anyway but yes <laughs> i i agree with what you're saying but i was going through my own like oh what is the scariest moment what was did i like or whatever and it's just fucking the dumb waiter like why just because the thing crawling around get out of there you don't need to look that way 100 <laughs> percent. this did what i think a lot of uh newer drama series have done so well which is showing the same scene and slowly adding more and more context to it so like you see that that like the you know the inciting incident you don't know exactly what it was but you know when it happened like what was the big change and that is the dad running all the kids out of the manor and everyone's yelling and there's loud noises in the background but you don't know what it is and you slowly see it from different angles and you sl- and the the shot slowly widens out until you finally see that it's all of the ghosts chasing them basically out of the house and it's that's the most terrifying thing for me is when you get full bore here are all the ghosts because they were so they were so reserved with all of them. They didn't try to throw it over your yeah. head. It's not like some movies. Like I, I, That's one of the things with Stranger Things. Stranger Things was so scary until you finally see the Demigorgon, and then you're no longer terrified, right? Right. Um, and a lot of movies make that mistake. Like it, The monster's only scary when it's in your imagination. And even when you get to that, because there's so much going on, I'm still so scared. Because anywhere I look up, down, left, right, there's a different oh. scary ghost that I've kind of seen bits and pieces of through the whole series. 
Oh god, I just keep thinking about the dumb waiter. I'm sorry. And you know what else I go ahead. That fucked up kitten. When the thing comes out of his mouth, <laughs> is it a cat or dog? Yeah. Some sort of small animal. And the thing comes out of his mouth. That's just fucked up. Like it's, not <laughs> it's just like I hate shit like that. <laughs> anyway, I mean, all the stuff it. with the, with the basement and people being built into the walls has always creeped me out. Yeah, um, no, that's true, but it's just something about the fucking the dumbwaiter is, I don't need to say less, because honestly, you understand. Exactly. No, I, I completely got it, and I, I while I'm not, like, I would just live in that dumbwaiter then. I'd never open, <laughs> the door's never been open. I'm a very patient guy, so, like, I'm like I guess I just live here now. Um, right. Wait for the spiders come in, that's my protein, that's the pea corner, we're good, I'm ready. Um... <laughs> uh d real quick aside so i've been playing death loop i don't know if you've heard of that video game okay. um yeah okay so it, it's it for those who don't know it's a it's a first person shooter where you're on a time loop right you go throughout the days and the uh, one of the bigger mechanics is that sometimes other players can invade your game like dark souls style and their goal is to kill you but most other players they're like okay well i gotta get to my objective before the person who's invading is going to kill me. But I, you know, do the, my ADHD focus and I just sit there and I hide in a corner and I wait to the point where I no longer become the hunted. I become the hunter because the person just eventually gets bored. It's been an hour and a half and you can do a run in like 10 minutes and I'm just sitting there in a corner waiting for them to walk by and then I murder them and I win every time. <laughs> well, I have, uh, you know, I will do this. I will do this. Yeah, I, I've played I've played a couple like uh, hide and seek type games, like the battle royales where you can kind of hide. And I always get the la I've always gotten to the the like the top three people. I never win because I'm not actually good at the game. I'm just so patient that I sit there <laughs> like in right. Fortnite. Like I don't know how to build. I'm not good with the guns. Call of Duty, um, Warzone. I'm not great, but like I just sit there and I hide and I get to the next circle and I get top 3 every time. <laughs> and it's it's not out of being good. I'm just a rat. I'm just <laughs> I'm just a uh, rodent that will sit there and bide my time. So that's what I do in a horror movie. I would definitely not be the girl who runs downstairs. Uh, I'm just the boring nerd who just waits to be murdered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, sometimes that that has a role too. Once again, this is why we're not main characters because we would not do the stupid thing. <laughs> yeah, we definitely don't do the interesting thing. No, I'm gonna, you know, and sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I was more interesting, and then I'm like, but I like being alive. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I uh I liked the the full circleness of all, some of the stories where like one of the kids becomes one of the ghosts. I thought that was really good and weirdly terrifying yeah. in like uh like uh, an existential way. Like the thing that's been haunting her I, the whole time is herself, but literally. Yeah, I think the, the whole bent neck lady, like the time loop sort of concept of it, like because to me, well, I watched it right and I was like, oh okay, so it's been her, it's her the whole time, right? right. But then I'm like, the the idea of a time of it being like a time loop was sort of interesting um you know like past present future converging in the house because like all bets are off there right right so i liked that more so than i liked it being herself like haunting herself like how on the nose that yeah yeah know, i think that's a good own. point too where it shows like the 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 house doesn't follow rules it's got its own rules kind of but it does right. its own thing i like the subversion because you think it's like you're waiting for the shoe to drop where they go it's a magical house and really it can be good it depends on who's wielding it kind of thing that's what they kind yeah. of set it up no. for like the house is magic is magic then then and they're like no fuck it the house is evil <laughs> it's just evil the there's house? no good to be oh, found here 
You know what I will say, though, too? Uh, just from an aesthetic purpose, I love the house. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> okay, so when they're talking about, like, how, like, they're like, we want this, like, we want to build our forever home. I'm like, bitch, you found your forever home. This place is gorgeous. Change the wallpaper, put in some new carpet, you know, put in a room for the ghosts. and to come out. Like, Get the dudes, you know, the, the fake family that's a real family, but they were con artists in real life from, uh. Um, the conjuring get them to come out and you know set it up because all of your kids have secret rooms to themselves it's secretly the same room but it's still like how dope is that to like a kid where like i have my secret room that nobody else can get into and it's whatever yeah, i need I it to be that's that's where i thought they were going with it like no the house just it's like the room of requirement from harry potter right i was just gonna say that yeah yeah like it can just suit your needs and so as you get older and you become more angered or whatever like oh it takes on that that sort of tone but it doesn't need to be inherently evil and i was like bitch no it's evil like, it's just evil, evil. <laughs> there's no redemption <laughs> for this house you guessed it exactly like and it's not like a oh people are the real evil no <laughs> the, evil. the people could be evil too but guess what house still evil <laughs> And I think I think uh, Flanagan does a really good job. And obviously, the, he's not the only writer on there. I'm sure there's other people writing episodes, so so points to them too. Um, but I I like that they they do keep it. You know, it is substantially supernatural. There's never an explanation. It's not like some where it's like, no, yeah. the real drama were the friends we made along the way type shit, right? Like you said, <laughs> it is right? like no no no. There there are ghosts here. These are ghosts. This house we'll is go. evil. There's no explanation. There are no rules. This is horror, and you're meant to be confused and to maybe survive or get the fuck out. Yeah, no, I I agree. Because so many times it seems like you get the Scooby-Doo approach where it's like, oh, yeah. you know, like, something good message here. It's like, oh, it doesn't have to have a good message. Could just be a fucked up house. Like, yeah. and in fact, <laughs> it is. Turns out. And it gets to have its cake and eat it too, right? Because, like, each episode kind of has a moral. It's like, what's the main conundrum from these kids' childhoods who, like, they suffered this trauma and how they carried it with it as they as they continued? I, I agree. I think it's interesting, too, that they're all different stages of grief. Right? Yeah, 100%. Mother, but also, like, Nell being dead the whole time. Like, it's just the whole concept of it is is nice to see them all take, like, a different facet. And it's a little on the nose that they're, you know, the five stages of grief, but, like, I like it still, even though it's Yeah, that's pointed. the thing. is like It was a little on the nose. Honestly, all of it was a little on the nose. Which ghost haunted which kid and the yeah. problems they were dealing with in their past <laughs> and in their future. It's None of it is subverting it. It's how they delivered it. So, like, uh, what I like to talk about in a lot of my media that I make is tropes are there for a reason. I use a lot of tropes. It's what you do with them, right? So, like, if something's tropey, it's not necessarily bad because it can be delivered in a good way. And I think that's what Flanagan is so good at is – there are surprises, but a lot of the stuff is what you expect, but he has such a way of delivering it, and the show is created, and the people he casts, too, I don't feel like, oh, of course they're going to do this thing. It's like, no, even though I know what's <laughs> right. about to happen, they're talented enough to where, like, I still feel scared, you know? No, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, the one thing that this is missing that he's now, he's rectified is just no Raul Coley and he's now fixed that Raul Coley has been in the next two series and, uh, <laughs> and everything right. is right with the world. Things are, is it, is it going to be more than just the, I know it's an anthology series that he's setting it up as basically the Bly Manor Hill House. Is he doing more after Midnight Mass? I haven't heard anything about what's going to come after Midnight Mass. I just didn't know if he, had, if he had signed like a... I haven't, yeah, I haven't heard anything from my knowledge. Midnight Mass was the last thing he needed to fulfill contracts with Netflix, but that could be incorrect. Okay. I could Google it a little bit. Um, 
but yeah, that's why like I was a little bit disappointed too about that when like Midnight Mask came out, and I was like, I don't know what's happening next for him. Um, I know yeah. he was doing a movie. I hope it's more, um, though. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too because this is like I said, this is some of my favorite stuff. And you know, we kept talking about uh, this from a horror angle. I love it from like a science fiction, sci-fi, fantasy type angle. The worlds yeah. and the magic he creates. He creates rules, and obviously they break him because it's horror. But I, it feels like a real world. It feels tangible. That's my favorite thing about fantasy is when I could see myself being in that world and understanding what could happen. And he does that so well. I think he masters it in Midnight Mass. Um, okay. But even in this series and in Blind Manor, I, I think he just does such a good job of going, These are this is a fantasy setting. Here it is. Here's what's going to happen. And think, he's got an eye for it. I think that part of it being fantasy is because, like, even though there are rules that then breaks because horror, like, he doesn't broadly explain. Like, there's nobody is like, I'm the teacher, and you're now in this this realm, and you're going to know all the shit. So it's like, you just sort of have to figure it out as you go along, which I think makes it easier for continuity purposes, like, for him to just decide to do whatever, and there's not really any... There's no backlash, right? Right, exactly, because he can do whatever he wants, because I never said that, you know? So I agree that, but I think that at times... And it's because it's horror. It just feels a little loosey-goosey. Yeah, that I agree with you there. It's like, okay, so if you die in the house, you stay in the house. But how you stay in the house is different, right? Because Nell's the only one that travels through time. So right. that's yeah, and so I'm just like, okay, so with the time the time thing, once again, after like looking at it, like not just from an aesthetic and like watching it purpose, but like actively watching it, I'm like, okay, but like this doesn't make any sense because what about all the rest of the shit that's happened here? <laughs> where why where is that Like so many creative creative writing courses are like, listen, like you can create a good time travel story, but you're more likely to not because once time travel right, happens, people have all happens. questions. You introduce it in, and all of a sudden, that is now the focus. It's not. It's not because, like you said, like it's primarily like horror. We, you know, you touch a little bit on the fantasy science fiction, but once the time element comes in for me, <laughs> I'm like, it's. It's one of the few things, so, right, exactly, no matter what type of, like, magic system you have, whether it's fantasy, sci-fi, soft fantasy, or, like, uh, yeah, like, like soft magic rules, which is, like, we talk about, like, this in Lord of the Rings, where it's, like, okay, we have some rules, but really, magic is magic, and you have hard magic rules, where you get something like Avatar, like, you know what can happen, and why, right. kind of thing, so, mm-hmm. like, th- there's the, there's the different types, but the second, like, of all things, time travel is the one where no matter what level audience, whether you got like hardcore nerds or casual viewers, once you have time travel, people want to know how that shit works. They're like, okay, <laughs> hold on. I have, I have some follow up, sir. Because why don't you just time travel and fix it all? <laughs> like, obviously, it's the fucking reason. Like, like, as a nerd, you're like, okay, so then this is how it works. So I kill myself and now I go back in time. I save everybody else and then, bam, save myself. Fuck you. Exactly. Like, and then I, <laughs> I move into another thing. I plant the C4 in the basement. We blow this evil house up. Let's do this shit. No, exactly. It's about family. I'm going to get out of here a quarter mile at a time. As soon as the podcast happens, it's immediately, I'm like, okay, well, suspend that for a second. But let's later. Why? I call Ludacris. He gives me the stats. When yeah. we, we take off, you know. Um. The Rock makes a guest appearance, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he grapples some giant ghost because he's so large. Uh, Ben's yeah. time and matter. 
Um, but anyways, <laughs> that's Haunting the Hill House. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I love it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna keep watching it. If Flanagan goes to some other network, pops up in a movie or something, like I'm watching everything he does from now on. It's just so that good. Um anyways let's jump into some of our other segments so we talked about some of our favorite what was your favorite scare other like obviously the scariest one was the dumbwaiter for you and i talked about what my scariest one what was your favorite though um just as an aside because i looked up if he's doing anything he's doing the michael flanagan's doing the midnight club horror mystery thriller streaming television series for for what network oh for netflix Netflix. oh of course of course right after yeah after midnight mass anyway all right um, right, i'll watch that what was your question my favorite scare yeah what was your favorite one i really liked and i know that it's like a little whatever i really enjoyed the very first episode where the brother i think steve right steve Mm -hmm. or whatever the brother who doesn't like it, he sees the ghost at the end, like yeah. the screaming. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, just as like a classic scare because he's the not believer, so it's like very tropey. But like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I like to, I like to see it, you know. Um, <laughs> it's probably like a an understated pick, but. <laughs> In mine, like I, I, a little bit of a cheat. Mine is just all of the background ghosts that aren't doing terrifying things outright. So okay. like, just they're just like standing next to the stairwell. Because those freak me the fuck out. Because I know they're not supposed to be there. No one's talking about that shit. But, like, right. I... Because I'm insane, you know? I'm, like, scrolling through, like, the entire thing. And I'm just like, oh, there's a ghost there. There's a ghost there. No one's talking about it. So there's a ghost. Okay, thanks. That's not a statue. Not a statue, guys. That's a ghost. Thank you. All right. When's the next episode going to start, Netflix? So I can time when I'm going to shit my pants. I also... um I did not enjoy, but also enjoyed because I didn't enjoy. <laughs> Uh, the tall man in the hat yeah the tall man in the hat like that was like my third like obviously i mentioned like the little girl because of like the parental stuff and then the ghost hallway but the tall man is just terrifying because like i feel like i seen him in my dreams so it's it's a very like slender man sort of thing like and when they're talking about it and you don't see it at first right i that i was like listen is slender man here like like what's happening and, and the only, not, uh, right, the only jump scare I think they have is the bent neck woman, right? Like, they don't have a lot of other actual jump scares in the series. When he sees the thing in the dumbwaiter, that's yeah. a jump scare. Yeah, okay, that I is jump. definitely a jump scare. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> I no, jumped. It's not, it's not the primary, it's not the primary form of scare, I guess. <laughs> we were just nerds about it because like even when like they do the really like overtly scary thing with the skeleton in the crawl space they show you the skeleton first and then it starts running at her you're you're crawling at her rather um so like it wasn't immediate like oh turn around and bam ghost you know um so let's jump into the kevin bacon game okay okay um you give me one i'll give you one what's our current standings right now as of score do you remember Ma'am. I'm winning by two. You're winning by two. Well, uh, you can go fuck yourself because I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take you down. I, feel, I it. think it's by two. It might be by three, but I'm definitely <laughs> winning by, by two or three. I'm trying to flip back and find in my notes. I don't know. All right. So the one I'm picking for you is Miss Spy Kids herself, Carla Gugino. Okay. Okay. I was trying to think. I'm gonna let me pull up the Haunting of Hill House again. Let me find. Yeah, bring up the IMDb page, which I probably should have had up because they have some. They always have really good like X-ray facts. I was just reading through the Wikipedia and stuff like that. <laughs> I had both up at one point just to make sure that I. I you know. I, I didn't know you were doing so well. You got two tabs. Damn. Look, you got all that RAM up in there in that a- Apple uh, laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, let me see. I wanted to pick Owen Wilson, but I'm not going to. <laughs> no, it's so easy, but also that's such a good one. What about Timothy Hutton? Timothy Hutton. Okay, I'm all right. I already know where I'm going because the only movie I think I can remember him from is Beautiful Girls. He's been in other stuff. I remember him from other things, but that's the one that comes to mind, right? Right. So Timothy Hutton was in Beautiful Girls with Natalie Portman. Uh, okay. Natalie Portman was in. Oh man everything <laughs> yep she so talented you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. all right i'm gonna keep going you go ahead and start yours because now i gotta get into my head i'm probably gonna start in spy kids <laughs> right? like, with uncle machete so, <laughs> so she's so she's in spy kids i'm trying to figure out where i'm gonna go from spy kids do i go danny trejo or do i go antonio banderas both good both good Danny Trejo's in everything. I know that's. I think I'm gonna go Danny Trejo, but I wanted to try to see if I could make it like. Antonio like, Banderas is definitely in better stuff. No. <laughs> he's just a little bit more discerning with his roles. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> they were both in Spy no. Kids, though. You know. I was so I was trying to see if I could make it work with Danny Trejo. Um, I'm sorry with with Antonio Banderas before I go to. Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> That's some cheap shit. <laughs> Who did you give me? I, I don't want a bunch of dead air. You what? Who did you give me? Again, I, I got lost in the, in the Natalie Portman of it all. Oh, you gave me Timothy Hutton, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I already God. have it, by the way, for Danny Trejo, but that's not mine. <laughs> all right, so. All right, so mine was Timothy Hutton. Timothy Hutton was in Beautiful Girls with one Natalie Portman, but that's not who I'm going to use. I'm going to use Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon was one oh. of the sidekicks in there. He was the... I don't know if you ever seen Beautiful Girls. Did you ever see that one with Natalie Portman? Yeah. Yeah, they all return to their hometown. It's an okay 90s flick. doesn't age very well. A lot of issues there. A lot of misogyny yeah. and a lot of sexist shit that doesn't... That just like It was kind of funny in the 90s, but really it still wasn't. But uh, mm -hmm. cast is still great, though. Rosie O'Donnell, too. Anyways... Um, <laughs> I got distracted there. Like too many good people. I'm like now picture it. So, anyways, Matt Dillon was in there, uh, and he was the one uh, who was cheating on his wife with somebody else's wife. Doesn't matter. But Matt mm -hmm. Dillon was in. There's just something about Mary with oh. Ben Stiller, and Ben okay. Stiller was an anchor man with Steve Carell, who was in Crazy Stupid Love with Kevin Bacon, David Linhagen. Three. Ah, uh, you got it through David Linhagen. David Linhagen, always. He's the best. So, He's the best of us. I was gonna do so, Carla. I can't. Gugino. Yep. Perhaps. Uh, I think so. Okay, so she was in Spy Kids. Originally, I was gonna do Danny Trejo, but then I got so distracted by, by Antonio. Oh, by Danny Trejo. <laughs> by Danny Trejo <laughs> then I was lost in the. I was like, this is not the most direct route at all. Like. I can't think at of Danny Trejo all. without thinking of the fact that he made out with a Lindsay Lohan look like in Machete. <laughs> okay, like, just, just so many. Just so many. Anyway, so then I was like, okay, I originally wanted to do Antonio Banderas. I'll do Antonio Banderas again. I just saw something with Antonio Banderas. And was it, it that B commercial for, for uh, Flonase? No, it was the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which is like a comedy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Selma Hayek's in that one, right? uh yeah yes yes yes, yes samuel yes. jackson i don't samuel think i jackson even i don't think i've seen Jordan. either one like the first one or the sequel well so kyle's dad really enjoys that sounds like a movie comedy. that yeah. your love interest father would be into <laughs> <Love interest. laughs> anyway 
anyway, he's in that with Ryan Reynolds, and mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds is in Rest in Police Department with Kevin Bacon, also <laughs> a bad movie. <laughs> that's so good so what i thought so i'm gonna now that you you did yours okay so that was three as well uh to win yeah three antonio banderas to salma oh, high not- that's it's it's two because you i was i gave you carla gugino so antonio banderas to ryan reynolds so he, it's still two yeah, so ryan you still beat reynolds. me by one you bastard um but i i guess it's the same amount but i thought you were gonna go danny trejo because if you remember he was the bartender in anchorman oh has the famous know, line you know ladies can do stuff now yeah so <laughs> the problem that i had when i was trying to do danny trejo i was thinking of all of the things that he has been in there's too many things like, dude too many things right. and so it was becoming too attenuated so i was so far out i was like i need to focus because antonio Banderas, i have seen less things with him in it and then i was like what have i seen with him in it recently because i was like oh i could go zorro i could go whatever and i was like i just watched something with him in it not long ago <laughs> i uh, mean danny trejo was in a movie where he plays an old man who just beats up bad guys with a baseball bat and then in the sequel danny glover helps him beat up guys with a baseball bat called badass <laughs> i've never seen the film but it exists i remember i worked at a video store when it came out in 2012 and it was the most rented thing in our entire town you have two or three two or three what oh three i had three all right so i had two today no two no it was three it was three uh matt dillon ben stiller steve carell okay yeah and i did because I'm trying to entertain people, Chelsea, okay? I'm not throwing elbows, trying to find the shortest route. Like, I'm picking names. I'm making jokes. I got references, okay? But listen, I'm making if the jokes. Danny Trejo was enough to throw me today. And Kevin Bacon, this is so funny. I wonder if there's a more direct route. I guarantee it, right? I guarantee it. Carla Gugino is probably in a movie with Kevin Bacon. With, with Kevin Bacon, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I'm sure she must be, but I'm just stupid. And if we're being honest, Timothy Hutton probably also in a movie with Kevin Bacon, just like looking at the time period. <laughs> like, I can't believe you didn't go. It Wasn't he in E.T.? Yeah, but Kevin Bacon wasn't. Oh, well, Carla, Carla has a Bacon number of... The same. Oh, same. same. So, so you're, so you had the like, still fastest route, probably. But yeah, like I, I could go through ET. Like, who am I gonna go through with ET? Drew Barrymore. That's what I would have done because I don't know. I the don't, ET like, puppet. The ET puppet was in more things than Matt Dillon. I don't think so. Okay, you ever seen Wild Things? Oh shit, Wild Things. Fuck. Uh, when a man falls in the forest. No, but Wild Things with Matt Dillon and Kevin Bacon. That's a one degree separation, Terry. Damn it. Yep. Damn it. Ah. I know I've used Wild Things before. It's the only movie I can remember where Nev Campbell makes out with a girl. Um, and Bill Murray's in it. You, like, you remember that movie? No, no one does. It's not a good film, but Bill Murray's in one scene, and so is Kevin Bacon. I don't know. I enjoy Bill Murray. But also Matt Dillon. Damn it. Okay. Well, listen, I'm throwing elbows next time. I want you to know. Okay, okay. we're getting serious. Listen, I'm winning by more now. I'll have to go through the episodes and tally up the exact amount. But so before we wrap this up, real quick, what are you watching? What's the new stuff? What's on the docket? What do you? What kind of media are you imbibing? So, okay, so I have been very busy with law school <laughs> lately. What? Um, what? Who is busy with law school? 
I know. Um, I'm excited about the new James Bond movie. I'm probably going to try to see it in theaters, and we haven't seen a film in theaters in a while. Did you? So, oh, yeah, you didn't see Shang-Chi? No, I haven't yet, no. Cause, so we were going to, and then Kyle had to work, and I was like, well, I'm not going to go by myself. Although yeah, just you remind people that Kyle is your love interest, you know, for the listeners at home, so for context. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway, uh, so I think we're going to see that. I've been watching um, a new anime. What anime? It's called... I have to... Uh, the Adventure... Of Momotaro the Peach Boy. <laughs> okay, that's the name. I know that's the name, but that's the manga that it's based on. Um, let's see if I can find the real Peach Boy. Really <laughs> is the, is the anime name. Well, it's I just go ahead. I, it's pretty good. It's. Uh... Yeah, I feel like I your know. bar for anime is way lower than mine. Sometimes, sometimes I watch some shit. Okay. But... This one is so. This one is interesting because it's sort of like a twist on like uh some james the giant peach kind of stuff i mean like very okay okay very it's like japanese folk folk tale um about like a peach that goes on the river and then you get these special powers is that where like roll doll got it from i don't know honestly i've seen some conjecture that like they're potentially the same but okay okay um yeah so normally so the so the interesting thing about it though is the manga i guess follows um the boy makoto Mm -hmm. And the uh, show follows the peach. And the show, no. <laughs> so the, like, the, peach is, the peach is like, uh, like a power sort of deal, I guess is the best way to codify yeah. it. There's something, you know, I don't really know because they haven't, like, there's, it's only has so many episodes so far. And it, like, is sort of, sort of similar to Hill House where it's not done linearly. So things happen and then you, like, go back and you're like, well, how the fuck did they get there sort of deal? Very anime style. <laughs> Um, but anyway, it follows the female, it follows, it follows the girl and she's the leader of her adventure and she has like companions and dope. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. She's super powerful and super nice. And like her whole thing is she wants to fight discrimination and <laughs> okay. So she's got some good goals instead of just a kid who's like, I like peaches. So I'm going to run away from home. Right, well, and so it's funny because his goal is like, I'm going to kill all the ogres. And her goal is like, I'm going to try to end hostility between <laughs> <laughs> humans and ogres and demi humans and all the other like mystical so one's like altruistic boy anime you know i need to get stronger and one's like i'm gonna you know make a fucking difference <laughs> right exactly and so and she like acknowledged she's like how am i gonna do this because she's a princess and she's like how am i gonna do this like i don't have any skills and she's like i'm gonna just because i know these people and i've made friends with these you know with with of course several different you know varieties of of uh races or species or beings or whatever they would classify themselves as <laughs> and there's also like a like a canonically trans character that Dope. is uh super interesting um probably and not just the main character going oh that's such a pretty girl and then another character going that's not no. a girl naruto no and so uh the the being is it's a demi-human well we don't i don't know the origins of their thing yet because at first you were led to believe it's a hair folk and then um and I, I have so many follow-up questions, but I'm gonna let them all, lie. All of the characters address the care address the hair folk as they them though. Awesome. And, um, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's just very, it's just very interesting to see in an anime. Like it's refreshing. You got, you got non-binary characters. You got trans characters. You got a female protagonist. What? Yeah. What, is, what year is this anime? <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I mean, it's coming out now. I know. It's just that's just awesome though. Like this is just things. <laughs> like if you if you weren't watching Sailor Moon. 
did was there any representation you know <laughs> right right no yeah that's so cool um my stuff i guess isn't nearly as interesting um i am reading a bunch of comics right now so uh i'll, I'll plug my comic at the end but because my comic came out i've just been on a kick right now so i'm reading jeff lemire's descender uh that's awesome uh scotty young's bully wars right now rereading matt fractions hawkeye all great books bully wars is like a cartoon network show come to life um descender is mm -hmm. like if ai by spielberg and kubrick was good um and i mean that like i know i'm throwing shade i'd stand by that shade um that movie had so many talented people and it's awful um and then uh matt fractions hawkeye if you're super excited for hawkeye's tv show it's coming out it's primarily based on matt fractions run it's amazing you you get to watch him beat up a bunch of russian mafia wearing tracksuits who just say bro a lot so check that out mm -hmm. um and then watching i just finished midnight mass it was great because of midnight mass not to spoil anything i'm reading a bunch of stephen king like salem's lot now and a couple other things so more into the reading right now than watching tv stuff but it's only because i'm in between shows if you have any good recommendations i want to hear them i'll definitely be watching uh the many saints of newark when it comes out on Friday. I'm so excited for it. Like I, I, I was like, I was so late on the Sopranos train. Like I loved Mad Men and everyone's like, well, if you love Mad Men, check out Sopranos. I was like, yeah, I've seen so many gangster things. I'll get to it. Gandolfini's oh, good. So but good. And I watched it. I'm like, this is a masterpiece. I understand. I get it. There, uh, there are some low points for me, but overall I think it's yeah. an amazing show. So I'm super excited for that. Um, so then I'll do the plugs, check out all the other podcasts on our network. The slovenly trolls are killing it. Like, uh, literally half of the network, but probably carrying us for sure. <laughs> um, they got a new episode coming out on Friday about drow. Um, and by drow, we're talking about dark elves. If you don't know that word, because I know some people listen to they're like, talk about Tamagotchis. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what the fuck we're talking about with some of our fantasy stuff. So that's, uh, primarily, uh, feminist D and D content. It's an amazing show, but their episode on drow and the matriarchal society that the drow come from canonically in forgotten realms. They're the city's all women and they're all evil, which is pretty fucked up. Um, and they they definitely cover that in the episode coming up. I've heard some previews. Um, but you can check out my stuff. I now have a comic book out published by can't be killed because everything is, um, but if you like nostalgia stuff, if you like nineties stuff, it's like never ending story meets toy story, basically, um, little girl, she's cleaning out her bedroom and she finds all of these things that she used to play with and she throws them all out cause she's a monster. And it's the last moments of all of the different worlds. There's one where she's throwing out all of her, um, colorful hyper color, uh, folders. There's one where she's throwing out her Power Rangers action figures, so on and so forth. Check it out. It's awesome. It's on Comixology and Amazon.com. It's called Growing Up. Uh, two words, Growing Up. Uh, T.S. Luther is the um, author. That's that's me. Art by Monica Aldrin. Quen Tang, one of the most talented and interesting people in the world. She's my letterer. Cover by Zach Chabane. Amazingly talented group other than me. They carry me for sure, but please check it out. Chelsea, uh, when are you graduating from law school? I guess we can plug that. May of uh, next year. <laughs> then I take the bar in July, so really no congratulations until after that. No, not until after that. You don't want to jinx it, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been telling you to so break a leg, which apparently is only a theater thing, but, you know, still, you know, do what you got to do. There's some some truth to it being theater, some sort of a production, if you will. <laughs> I've I've heard I've heard of political theater, and that usually involves uh, uh you know some sort of trial. So 
Stabbing? Yeah. No. Okay. I want Julius Caesar. You went somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, follow us for more of the spooky content. Uh, I'm at Resident Stevel on Twitter. You can follow Can't Be Killed Productions at Can't Be Killed Pod on Twitter. Um, we have right in the fields now is. Uh, R-I-T-F underscore pod because we were very late to the Twitter game but follow both of those over on Twitter and you can head over to can'tbekilledcreations.com if you like any of our content you can find way more of it over there and if you want some extra content and want to support us a little bit patreon.com slash can'tbekilledcreations that is all of our wonderful plugs I don't think I have anything left to say other than and we are done recording Chelsea